0: So if you're joining us for the first time this month, we've been talking about Reverend Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers to the world, and how he lived the life of Jesus Christ's teachings in his broadcast out to the world called, you know, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And um, over the last two weeks, we've turned our attention to how God has created us special and mr rogers continued to embrace that with children and teach children that they were unique and special well today we're going to talk about feelings now be honest did that song pop in your head feelings nothing more than feelings i have been singing that song in my head all week as i've been Planning for today. Check your neighbor. You know, not everybody uh, is excited about talking about feelings. So check your neighbor. And make sure they're not gathering their things for a quick escape. Okay. You know, um, feelings and how we deal with our feelings has a lot to do with how we live our day-to-day life. Right. Each day has emotion in it. We know this, and let's face it: there are days in which we feel like we're riding an emotional roller coaster. We go through the highs and the lows, the, the joys and the sorrows, and maybe all within one hour, right? We experience that. This week was a perfect example for me. My my aunt, who's 99, I've told you about, uh, landed in the hospital, and I needed to be with her. and And my Betsy, who's been with me since January, has was going to college on on Friday, and then my bonus granddaughter, Emma, uh, was headed back to her family in Texas. And so there was a lot of emotion going on in my life. Dealing with feelings is something I've had to learn to handle in my life. I didn't learn that well as a child. Maybe you can think back to your childhood and how your family taught you how to deal with anger or sadness or grief. Well, I didn't deal with feelings really well as a child and and it's kind of moved on into my adult life and so I've had to learn how to deal with that. Now, if you've ever taken the EQI, you would know your emotional intelligence. Works sometimes require this. Anybody taken the EQ, which is emotional intelligence? Well, okay, I can see I'm alone in that. Um, The the conference is really putting a focus on clergy health this year, physical, mental, emotional health. And part of our assessments were that we had to take the EQ. And I thought, well, this is no biggie. I'm a pastor. I've got high emotional intelligence, right? And so I take the test without even thinking a thing about it. I get my results back, and I'm going, what? What? This is Terry, you may not be as aware of your emotional triggers and reactions as you could be. This may make it difficult for you to pick up on the emotional cues of others. I'm a pastor. That's not good. And some of you may be nudging and saying, that explains it. Right? Now, I scored high in other areas, but in dealing with my own feelings, not so much. So dealing with feelings is something Mr. Rogers was intentional about in his neighborhood. In fact, he wanted it to be a legacy. He says this, It's one of the important parts of the neighborhood, knowing that feelings are all right. You know that you don't have to hide them and that there are ways that you can say how you feel that aren't going to hurt you or anyone else. If there, was a, if there were a legacy that I would hope for the neighborhood passing on, that's certainly one of them. Now, if you have trouble identifying feelings, all you have to do is read through the book of Psalms, right? The Psalms are the prayers of the people. 150 poems and songs and praises. And, and uh, you can go through the Psalms and pick out one that is resonating with how you feel for the day. And Pastor Marvin said this, pick one that kind of is your go-to and that you can pray through. Um, they've They've been sung and prayed by Jewish and Christian believers gathered together and individually for centuries. And they express the full range of human emotion. The Psalms help us to offer all of ourselves to God, not just the parts we want to give to God, all of ourselves to God. Now, when I was a little girl, I'd think there were things that I'm really not supposed to say to God, right? There's some things and attitudes maybe I shouldn't lift up to God. The Psalms teach us otherwise, they show us that we can take anything to God. In fact, theologian Walter Brueggemann says this The Psalms are an assurance to us that when we pray and worship, we are not expected to censor or deny the deepness of our own human pilgrimage. Rather, we are expected to submit it openly and trustingly so that it can be brought to eloquent and passionate speech addressed to the Holy One. In other words, there's nothing in our human experience that we cannot give to God. Even the parts that you think you weren't supposed to maybe give to God, we're to give all of ourselves, our honest selves, our real self to God. We can take those mountaintop moments of our lives and lift them like in Psalm 66. Shout joyfully to God, all the earth. Sing praises to the glory of God's name. Make glorious his praise. Say to God, How awesome are your works! All you have to do is look at that rainbow. Even if it's on a shirt, as Jessica said, and know how awesome God's works are. One of our moderns says, How awesome, modern songs says, How awesome is He? We offer gratitude with our Psalms of thanksgiving. Like in Psalm 138, we give thanks to you with all our heart, Lord. I sing your praise before all other gods. I bow toward your holy temple and thank your name. For your loyal love and faithfulness, because you have made your name and word greater than anything else. On the day I cried out, you answered me. You encouraged me with inner strength. Now, these seem real easy to lift to God, right? But what's in our human condition most often that makes us turn to God? What is it that makes us turn our souls to God more than anything else? When we're scared, right, or we're in need of something, or we're desperate, we want to hear God's voice. Like in Psalm 13, how long will you forget me, Lord, forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I be left in my own wits, agony filling my heart daily? How long will my enemy keep defeating me? Look at me, answer me, Lord my God. The psalmist is reflecting those feelings that we have when we feel like the prayers are just hitting the ceiling, coming back down, that God doesn't hear what we've got to say. And then the psalmist can even bring their anger to God. You can almost hear the tone of voice in this one in Psalm 39. I promised I would watch my steps so as not to sin with my tongue, promised to keep my mouth shut as long as the wicked were in my presence. So I was completely quiet, silent. I kept my peace, but it did no good. My pain got worse. You hear the that anger that, that the psalmist is expressing to God. Now, Marvin has shared with his congregation several times that when he feels angry with God, he will walk through the woods and shout at him, Right? To be able to, to express our every emotion, the human condition at its best and its worst is expressed in the Psalms. Now I have a colleague in ministry that shared with me that there was a particular year that was pretty rough. And he said reading through and praying through the Psalms every day helped him get through it. The Psalms resonate with us because they describe the things that we're experiencing. And Jesus knew the Psalms by heart, didn't he? On the cross, he expressed Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? fully human yet fully divine the son of god jesus christ knew the range of human emotion that we all go through you see he experienced each and every one of them he knows how you feel because he went through it too he knows what it means to be low, and he knows what it means to be high, and he knows what it means to be everything in between. Everything you've experienced in your human condition, in your human experience, Jesus Christ experienced. So when you feel like God can't relate, just think about that. One author of Christianity Today said it this way, the gospel writers paint their portraits of Jesus using a kaleidoscope of brilliant emotional colors. Jesus felt compassion. He was angry, indignant, and consumed with zeal. He was troubled, greatly distressed, very sorrowful, deeply moved, and grieved. He sighed, he wept, he groaned. He was in agony. He was surprised and amazed. He rejoiced very greatly and was full of joy, and let's not forget, he loved. He loved. He experienced every emotion we experience. And that's why he can understand us when we're angry. He can understand us when we're in the depths of grief. And he can understand us in which we're confused when we don't know which step to take next. Yet Jesus also did something else. He showed us how to express that emotion and when it was in the right spot to do so. Let me explain. His joy was in pleasing the Father, wasn't it? His anger was in hypocrisy of religion, that should be our anger as well. His disgust was for the greed of society, and his compassion was for the least and the lost. And his agony was for the suffering of humanity. And his exhaustion was in giving himself for others. If you saw a clip that I put on our Facebook page, if you're a Facebook follower of Salem, I put a little clip on there because it wasn't long enough to show in worship. It was from my very favorite movie, French Kiss, from Meg Ryan when she was a few years back. Well, it was more than a few years back. Um, and she was playing the lead role, and the other star was Kevin Klein, and he was the love interest. And he was trying to, he was trying to convince her to be something that she wasn't. And she said, "This happy smile, sad frown, use the corresponding face with the corresponding emotion." Why is it? that we try to do something else? Why is it that we try to hide how we're feeling? We're sad and we try to put on that happy face and move through our day like nothing is wrong. Or we're angry about something and we bury it deep and we say, I can't let that feeling be expressed and I can't share that with anyone and then we bury another anger and then we bury it, bury it, bury it and what kind of happens? It comes out in some outburst or another way that's unhealthy or we're so focused on how we feel that we lose sight of the blessing that might be right in front of us that God is offering us we let our fears take over we let our confusion seep deep and we don't seek God for the answers those are sideways feelings when they come out in different ways Amy Hollingsworth, author of the book on uh, Fred Rogers puts it this way feelings that come out sideways in disguised forms that are sometimes more symptomatic than the original feelings are much harder to deal with why do we do this? Why aren't we our honest selves with God, especially? Why aren't we our honest selves with our neighbors? Jesus showed us how to deal with how we feel. He gave example after example of how to deal with the things that come into our lives in appropriate ways. Take, for instance, he comes to Lazarus' tomb. Mary and Martha are there, and they're gathered, and they're weeping. Friends are gathered, and they're weeping. Now, Jesus knew the outcome, right? He knew that Lazarus was going to come forth from the tomb. Resurrection was going to happen, that he was going to walk out alive. He knew the outcome. And yet, it's the shortest verse in the Bible, so you should know it. He did what? Jesus wept. He showed those that were gathered that it was very appropriate to cry tears for the loved ones who are lost. He showed them that it was okay to, to, open, up to them, open up to others of how they felt. And then, remember the night before he's being betrayed, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is one of the most stressful moments in his life. And he showed the disciples exactly how to respond and how to deal with those stressful situations, he got on his knees and he prayed all night. He was so stressed that there were drops of blood dripping from his forehead and yet he stayed on his knees and he prayed and he asked the disciples to pray with him. So the next time we feel like we're stressed out of our gourd coming out of our skin is how I call it whenever I'm stressed like that. Think about Jesus and the example that he set for us. And spend some time in prayer. He showed us how to deal with how we feel. Fred Rogers took it upon himself to really continue to show children how to deal with their emotions. He was passionate about helping children from the earliest of their development to name it and express it in healthy ways. He shared with the children that when he was angry, he would play the piano harder. Bonnie, do you do that when you're kind of angry? Yeah? Maybe. Maybe? Play the piano harder. He said that he loved to swim and he would tell the kids when he was angry, he would swim harder and longer. And when he was happy, he would sing. How would our family, work environments, and friendships be strengthened if we were our real selves with each other, our honest selves with our neighbor? And we learned how to express that in healthy ways, ways that would cause no harm C.S. Lewis, author and theologian, once said, in relation to Christians and their relationship to Christ, he said, when they are wholly his, they will be more themselves than ever. When they are wholly his, they will be more themselves than ever. You see, we're all created unique in the image of God. Each one of us in this room has our own personality, Our own bumps and warts and cracks and bruises, our own ways of dealing with things, and God loves us and accepts us for who we are saved by grace. We are saved by grace and each and every day that grace moves us closer and closer in a relationship with God. And Mr. Rogers had a simple yet powerful understanding. He reasoned that if we accept ourselves, we are better equipped to accept our neighbor. If we accept who we are, how God created us, all our warts and bumps included, and we lean into that grace of Jesus Christ and know that God is going to show us every day how we can become closer, then we can accept our neighbor who has all their bumps and warts and bruises and all of their stuff that they're carrying around. And we can know that grace is working in their life and that grace will continue to work in their life. And we pray that they will move closer and closer to Christ. You see, it starts with us, doesn't it? It starts with us. Accepting ourselves as the starting point of something greater. A deeper walk with Christ and a deeper love of our neighbor. I want to close with the lyrics of a song, not the same song that Mr. Rogers shared on the video just a moment ago, but a different song that he wrote from the song, The Truth Will Make Me Free. What if I were very, very sad and all I did was smile? I wonder after a while what might become of my sadness. What if I were very, very angry and all I did was sit and never think about it? What might become of my anger? Where would they go and what would they do? If I couldn't let them out, maybe I'd fall, maybe get sick or doubt. But what if I could know the truth and just say how I feel. I think I'd learn a lot that's real about freedom. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.